Hello, I'm Simon Farrell-Green, and I'm the editor of Here magazine, and we're delighted to be bringing you this series of wonderful New Zealand houses, along with our friends at Alfirm Window Systems. Over the next year, we'll be talking with top New Zealand architects about a recent design, learning how it came to be, and why the people who live in it love it so much. We'll have beautiful videos, lovely photographs, and some great yarns. But we're also going to feature a podcast with each project where I get to chat with the architect and hear the story behind the design. It's a chance for us to sit down at length and hear the full story. From the city to the country, from large and luxurious to small and clever, I hope you'll follow along with us as we explore these wonderful New Zealand houses. It's close to the ultimate Auckland site, in a way, one back from Milford Beach on the north shore of Tamaki Makoto, Auckland, with a view of reserve and the white sand beach with its view of Rangitoto, but a short stroll from the front gate. It also has a car park outside, and it's a very public spot. On summer weekends, this beach is naturally popular with day trippers, dog walkers and beachgoers, and this is where they park. On this site, architect Jared Hall has built a subtle house from concrete and timber, glass and stone that manages to connect with the area around it, as well as providing privacy and a sense of retreat for its occupants. In a sense, it's hiding in plain sight. It's a strategy we don't see enough of in this country. Houses on beaches seem either glassy and open, exposing their owners to sun and view, or they're closed, fortress-like, afraid of the people who walk by. Navigating those two extremes takes skill and a fair bit of bravery. Jared Hall joins us now. Hi Jared. Hi, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Tell us a bit about the site here. It's, it's a really special spot. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, I actually um, helped. At the, it's a um, project for my brother, and I sort of helped buy the site as well. I guess I um, they were overseas, and I was. Uh, I looked at probably a hundred properties on the North Shore for them, and when when I found that one, um, yeah, it just seemed seemed really special. So um, so it ended up being the one that they went for. What's what's special about it? Why why buy it out of all of those hundreds of properties? Uh, I think two two factors: it, it, the proximity to the beach, and I think the public private interface just seemed um, seemed seemed really interesting and and um, seemed like it could be very fertile I guess for the for the house and and I guess you know that that did become the main theme um, all of the other properties on the street are hidden behind block walls um, and um, yeah we wanted to do things differently I guess and open up to the um, the park and the car park and in a way uh, try to create a different sort of interface than than what had been there already. Um, why Why did you want to open up? Like so many people get a site like that, as you say, they put a concrete block wall up, there's lots of screens on the windows, you know, they want to be near the beach, but, but they, they really do close themselves off from that. I mean, there's an energy to beaches that, that is great, but... Yeah, I, I suppose two reasons. One, it just happened to be the, where the view was anyway, and so um, it was advantageous because we could get the view. Um, I think secondly... Um, uh, sometimes I, I, in my practice, I just do houses, and um, a lot of I never get the opportunity to do public buildings. So uh, I always feel quite energised and excited about the possibilities, um, you know, of public space. And in a way, um, in a very small way, you know, a house can change a city just in a you know almost like a pixel of a city. And so, um, so you know, for me, it became I guess the, the most interesting thing about the site, more interesting than the sea view for me. 
The other interesting thing about that site is it's, it's square on plan, which I don't even think I'd ever done a, a site that's 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 a square. You mean the you mean the shape of the section is actually square? Yeah, that's right. That's really weird. Yeah, because normally is, they're long. They are they are quite long, and that that meant there was quite a lot of freedom in terms of height to boundary, and so it's probably one of the you know I wouldn't say you know it's sort of almost easy um, formally, and so. Felt like it wasn't uh, quite as predestined as many sausage-like sites are in terms of what form you can put on there. So tell us a bit about what then that response is. Talk us through what what the house kind of does, how it presents to the street, and 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 how that public-private kind of play starts to make itself felt. Yeah, I think um, I, I I tend to design houses in a way that that they're always pointing or moving towards something, and and I, and I suppose. Um, this um, sort of house almost wears a 60s aesthetic a little bit like a cloak and, and, and the main dynamic of the house is towards the sea, this sort of you know notion of desiring the sea, I suppose. Um, I've been trying to um, make garage door secret because garage door facades are so dominant in a facade and so doing that and, and having the entry door that is um, concealed within that cladding um, gives both a sense of mystery and I think uh, draws your eye to other elements of the house. So if we go in through... Uh, this uh, semi-secret um, entry doorway into a, a, a hall with the staircase disappearing upstairs and then moving through to the kitchen. Um, the house really opens up. Um, we've got uh, triple sliders to the pool. And then if we turn around and look out towards the street again, there's a, uh, I guess, a modified form of bay window with a um, seat uh, at about 700 high behind it, which could also be a servery. So it's really... a um, uh, a piece of design which the owner or kids can interpret any way they want. Open up the door, um, and um, and yeah, there you are. Yeah. So tell us a bit about. I mean, I I'm really interested in the fact that you've broken the living spaces up. So you've got sort of kitchen living yep. downstairs, running out to the courtyard and the pool. But then yep. you've got that lovely yep. living space upstairs. So just tell us a bit about how you approached what what ended up happening that you sort of scattered these moments around the house yeah I think um, it was probably using the brief of the house in, in a way that would draw people upstairs I suppose if all the living spaces were downstairs then it almost felt like the the view which is best upstairs wouldn't be used um, so by splitting the two um, the bottom um, the bottom floor the kitchen and dining area get the pool um, and the upper floor by having the living up there then you know that that sort of drew people up there to that area and the other sort um, I guess the other trick is it, most pools need to have a fence which is 1.2 high mm. and if you put a living space right beside that you're looking through the, the glass of the pool um, fence um, which I, I find really dire so putting the living space upstairs was um, a way around that as well. Right. Yeah. But then so often you do people do the reverse don't they? All of your living goes upstairs. That's right. And then your bedrooms are downstairs but yep. then you're completely disconnected from, exactly. from yeah. ground yep. which is weird. Yeah um, and there's although it's it's very subtle. There's a couple of angles where you still see through to the um, the beach from downstairs, and and that um, uh, that that sort of presence and immediacy to to what's happening outside, um, you know, to sort of the car park area to hear um, you know people um, running around playing with playing what have you. That seemed um, a really important part as well. I think the the site itself used to be um, where the dairy was on the beach for many many years um and and um and yeah I, I think that sort of that joy of being being at the beach and you know that was probably something that we were trying to to keep and imbued in the house as well so so you're in the courtyard and in the kitchen area and you can hear 
yeah. you can hear stuff, you can see stuff. Can they see you? Yes, I mean they they can in a way. I, I it's but it's um, I, I find it it's it's an interesting irony that um, if you put a, a block wall that's very solid on the fence um, and you're you're inside that, you think that you're you have more privacy, but the reality is you can't see what's on the other side of that wall. And so it, I find that if you if you have some permeability in the fence, then because you're observing and a part of the street, I, I personally think, um, ironically, you're more private um, with that sort of architectural device. Because you're looking out, you're con- you can you've, you get a sense of what's you can, going you, on. Exactly, you you get a sense. So of you what's can see the people looking at you. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> that that old um, yeah that that old um, panopticon thing, I guess that uh, you're looking you're looking out. You know, there's visibility from the street. You know, um, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And so then you've got that split living area. What else? How, do, how What else does the house do? Where Where are different spaces? And just talk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So um, um, my, my my brother's family had um, two boys and um, and and the parents um, and the boys are getting older. So um, I think. Um, you know, every house is sort of a, a matrix of uh, different different age groups and different possibilities, I suppose. And and the upstairs living tends to be more of the adult space with the adults' rooms upstairs. Um, and then the um, the kitchen, living dining room has the boys' room downstairs and another living room as well. So um, so they they can sort of se- separate off, I guess. The boys' rooms have got direct access to a courtyard which they can get in and out of, which um, I'm not sure um, my uh, parents now, uh, my brother now thinks that was a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Probably it's, you know, that separation between living and kitchen um, and the ability to split spaces off from each other is something I favour more than a massive open plan um, living area. Um, I tend to think that, um, again, like in the 50s, open plan areas were supposed to give you social freedom, but now um, the observability and that of that to me actually cuts down social options. You know, most people now that you know they want to shut themselves off and do what they do what they're doing. Especially if you have teenagers, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, teenagers yeah. And, and and young adults, you just kind of want to be able to yep. lead them to it sometimes. And you do yeah. pull, pull them in when you need them. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, loose uh, observation. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a bit about that 60s. You, you mentioned that very briefly just you know, earlier. Tell us about that and sort of where that came from and, and how it manifests. I, I was brought up in uh, sort of Hibiscus Coast and we used to come and visit. Um, and it was it was the 70s and 80s. We used to come and we were brought up on a farm. We'd come into Takapuna and that area, sort of visit our fancy um, town um, cousins and, and friends. And um, so we we kind of uh, I guess experienced a bit of the you know the North Shore vibe, um, and and it, and it was kind of a very exuberant you know the suburbs which you know they were just um, blowing out I guess across the North Shore, and mm. there was kind of a lot of um, sort of freedom and excitement I think um, the proximity you could have to the beach, the opportunities of new lifestyles. Um, you know, it was long after the bridge was open, but it's still to me. The North Shore um, and the optimism and openness of um, you know that era is, seems very core to me to what the North Shore's about. So, um, so yeah, and I, I guess I kind of like flat roof houses too. So you know, <laughs> so it's in the flat roof. And what yeah. are some of the other what are some yes. of the other kind yes. of references? So, that so you, I, I would say um, contrasting from fifties um, architecture, which could be more austere. There's I think a more interest in materiality mm. um, and texture and. Um, 
and the um, the horizontal lines of the roof um, is is almost you know dumbing down the possibilities of the roof in favour of um, the junctions and the uh, the different materials and um, quite often the first thing you see with a house is a roof and you don't really look beyond there if you have a flat roof then I think you start to look at other things um, how the house um, uh, you know sort of um, works in, in materials and detail and textures so we were I was really interested in, in the material and detail and textures in that house um, and probably you know I, I really like um, detailing things in a way that it's very consistent in the house um, so um, the form um, at its core the form is not that complex so that allows um, the details to be fleshed out um, I guess um, thoroughly yeah. mm, mm. and you've got the fins on yeah. the top, on, up on that sort of balcony, which yep. on, on the upstairs, which gives you again a little bit of privacy. Yep. You know, you don't feel like everyone's staring in, but you can yep. you can look out. That's a yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, it's probably a, um, it's getting in the territory of cliche. Um, those um, those uh, devices <laughs> now, but um, but I you know I don't don't mind a cliche if it's done well. So that was the game. <laughs> there was a cool exuberant kind of a in in those North Shore. Suburbs. There was a there was an interesting kind of um, almost a, a a new affluence to them as well, wasn't yeah. there? They were they were a kind of like a a suburban house, but they were they, some of them were pretty impressive. You know, they're not the little kind of no. wooden boxes of of the fifties and sixties. Yeah, they're kind of substantial houses. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, especially the ones close to the sea. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a bit more about the courtyard space because that that does feel really important to the mm. house um yeah i mean in a way um uh, the the shop that was there had a courtyard space that was almost the same dimensions um and uh, i don't know if it probably happens quite often that um my um, brother and uh, brother's family had lived there for a while and they almost sort of got used to that space as being the exterior space um, so that probably solidified it as you know almost sort of repeating um, that slightly vestige uh, outdoor area in the main outdoor area. It made kind of made sense with sunrise as well. Um, but uh, as as most urban uh, sort of house spaces are, it's quite overlooked by you know um, by the house to the um, on the seaward side. Um, but yeah, I guess you you know we didn't have the option of working with that, so we just um, um, made the best fist of what we could for the for the courtyard and getting the pool in and um, and and yeah, it's a it's a very um, yeah, it's obviously a pretty active space for the house. And then it all, but it all sort of connects beautifully with that downstairs living area, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, the sort of the obligatory large um, doors that can open up um, and. Um, uh, I think, um, yeah, in mean, uh, the kitchen, sort of right there, I guess, literally metres away from the pool. Again, that uh, sort of observation role that most people want the kitchen and the pool quite closely associated for mm. safety reasons, mm. um, which, uh, yeah, seems to seems to work well. So, how does it how does it change through the seasons? Um, the uh, the house is made up of um, lots of. Um, I guess there's on one hand windows, on on the other hand there's lots of openings on the facade that have very large uh, doors that can um, be pulled pulled across and so when it's very hot that becomes great to just open out and um, you know be outside even though you're inside. It's a, it's a house at the beach and it definitely fits but it's not beachy so I'm wondering how you, how you were you conscious of that? Were you conscious of 
Yeah, uh, we were we kind of we were still trying to do nods to the beach. Um, uh, a lot of the there's a lot of random textures in the um, in the in the house, um, picking up on uh, things like the the hundred series block work, which is stepped in and out ten millimeters. Um, we had one blocky doing doing the whole job, um, and I'm sure he would have been dreaming uh, those blocks um, for quite a few months afterwards. Um, but that that's those Sorry, talk us slow down. Talk us through that again. So, so the, the block, what does the block work do? The the block work is a four hundred by one hundred module, and okay. they're, they're stepping in and out, I guess, in a semi random yep, got re- it. Semi random pattern. Um, and the idea is, you know, um, that uh, again, uh, random patterns on the beach. You know, they occur every tide, I guess. So there's depending on what the forces are. Um, yeah. So uh, so by having a form that's reasonably muted in terms of rectilinear and modernist, and trying to um, make the architecture happen, you know, and the and the, the textures like the randomization of the block work and also the um, cedar um, cladding is in kind of a semi-random pattern as well. Um, it gives it warmth, doesn't it? It, it does. Gives, yeah. It's there's something about the way that that sort of thing plays on your eye yep. that you go that it just makes you feel a bit more relaxed. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's you know it's literally you know sort of creating a different sort of a space than. Uh, I mean, I, I struggle with tile, you know, tiles that are square now, you know, because uh, it just feels like someone's gritting, gritting me up. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. What what made you happy about this project? When you look back on it, what what's the stuff that makes you happy? Um, I um, interestingly, um, I could kind of do it how I wanted to. <laughs> um, my 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 family um, against the against what usually happens, you know, they they took they took my advice. I could get the consultants that I wanted. Um, I could get the materials and textures that I wanted. You know, we certainly debated things, and I think I knew what kind of a house that that um, that they wanted. That that freedom and that trust, I suppose, um, uh, doesn't come along that often. Um, and and I think also um, I could do the details and the connections and the um, you know almost the the craft of the house in the way that I I you know I want I felt like was my ideal way and so I can look back and just say as a work you know it's just it's just very very consistent and um that uh, kind of gives me a lot of satisfaction that's really cool yeah yeah what did you learn what what's something you'd take from this to to another project as I get older I'm trying to simplify I think um and this isn't a simple house but it's it's less uh, complex than many of the ones that I've done before and I guess, um, and since then I've been again trying to almost formally do things a little bit more simply and have more trust in um, in the materials and um, in, in the uh, textures and and also just in the way people live their lives and occupy the house in terms of giving a building um, its character. Uh, so you know, I think um, you know it's sort of a long as an architect is a long way journey. You're just probably doing less, uh, more with less, I suppose. Yeah. What made you nervous? Um, uh, it's always, you know, getting a resource consent is always um, nerve-wracking um, and, um, you know, the budget's always the most nervous, you know, that's always the single most difficult part of any job and certainly when it's a, it's a family job, um, you know, you feel, you feel the weight of responsibility um, even more. Um, so, um, so yeah, those are the, you know, those things are probably the nerve-wracking things. Like, this job was um, built by Paige and Daly, who've done many jobs for me, and so the actual process of building, although it was uh, still 
incredibly complex and challenging. It went really smoothly, even though it, probably, it was sort of a year of chaos, but it went really well. And I get more and more satisfaction about those process-driven things that it feels like um, I'm competent enough and not overstretching and, you know, got all my ducks in a row to get those things um, working on a job. Um, gives me quite a lot of satisfaction professionally, not just what it looks like. That's, um, that's really lovely. I really like that. Hey, thank you. That was Jared Hall, architect, telling us about a house he designed for his brother on a beachy spot at Milford in Tamaki, Makoto. Thanks for joining here and Altham as we explore these great New Zealand houses and chat with the architects who brought them to life. We'll see you next time.